0: Well, here we are. We're talking to Senator Erica Betts. Senator Erica Betts is one of the longest serving members of parliament. He'll tell us a bit about that a bit later. He's been a minister in several portfolios over many years. He was the leader of the Senate, which is a very high position. Actually, it's number three in in the parliament. Actually, uh, it's the House of Reps, the president of the Senate, and then the leader of the Senate, if I understand correctly.
1: Is that right? Eric? Yeah, Leader of the Government in the Senate is the second highest position in the Senate. Like Prime Minister is in the House of Representatives. The Speaker and the President of the two places always take the top role. But then, uh, yeah, I was the Prime Minister's representative in the Senate.
0: Now I have known Senator Grebett since almost 25 years when I was running the Praise Corrobrian Parliament House. I met him briefly when a delegation of Indigenous people, and he welcomed them. He welcomed them with open arms. And uh, sadly to say, unfortunately, not many other people did. A lot of the Christian parliamentarians did, but there was uh, some notable absences. But Senator Erica Betts uh, opened his arms to them, and he's always been a deep, close friend of Indigenous people. He received the petition from the Illuru-Bark petition, Back in 2006, 15 16, and he was there for us then. He has stood for life. He has stood for family. He has stood for freedom. He has stood for faith, and he's been attacked relentlessly, relentlessly. I might add, but he stands strong and he stands tall. And very sadly, uh, he was demoted to the number three position uh, by his liberal colleagues, which is a very sad act. And he needs our help at this present time but I'm going to ask Eric Abetz a few questions. Eric, tell us about your
1: faith. I was given the privilege of being brought up in a Christian family and so from a very early age I had the belief of God instilled into me and then as I grew that matured and it'd be fair to say it waxed and waned uh, during my uh, life but uh, at the end of the day the hope that we have in Jesus Christ that there is an eternal hope awaiting us, provides a foundation and a comfort in life like nothing else. And so when you face the issues that you must do in public life, it's always nice to know that there is this anchor in which you can have complete faith that you won't be betrayed, that you won't be given some sort of false assurance this is a uh, rock solid assurance that I have, which uh, is a great comfort uh, to me. And uh, yes, yeah, so I'm pleased to share that with you and your viewers, Warwick. Great. Um, you are particularly passion, as I said before, for life,
0: for marriage, for faith, for family and for freedom. Tell us why.
1: A good society has to be based on some fundamental principles and precepts and look, the best um, cohort within society is the family unit and if at all possible, mum, dad and the children, it's a great social welfare um, uh, organisation if you like, it's a great mental health clinic if you like. If you get that family support, Uh, be it in times of trouble or whatever, where you can get comfort from mum, dad, your siblings, whatever, that is uh, something that is fundamentally important for a strong family, which makes for a strong community, makes a strong society, makes a strong nation. And look, a country and a people need to be based on certain precepts, and that is why faith is so important. And very quickly, if I may, Warwick, people say, what do you do in public life in Parliament? Well, you try to legislate to encourage good behaviour, discourage bad behaviour. Where do you get your concept of good and bad from? It's from your moral framework. Where do you get your moral framework from? It's your worldview or your religion. In my case, that is the Judeo-Christian ethic, and that is why, to me, faith and the principles and blueprint that are there for society in the Judeo-Christian ethic is so important. And one of those principles is freedom. And one of the great things about the Christian faith is we have the freedom to accept it or indeed reject it. And so be it freedom of speech, freedom of association, freedom of religion, all those freedoms... Whilst people might see them as United Nations declarations, etc., which they are, if you go back in history, they were drafted by men, and I don't say men and women, because the drafters were men uh, of faith who saw the Judeo Christian ethic as being uh, of such fundamental importance that they wanted it reflected in the UN declarations, and uh, that is why I see. Uh, the importance of freedom as being fundamental, as I see faith, as I see family, for a good, healthy society. And that's what I've tried to advocate over the past few years I've been in the Parliament, and I hope uh, to be able to continue to do so after May the 21st.
0: Tell us, uh, what are your concerns at the present moment uh, looking at the landscape for our nation? It seems like we've got difficult days ahead.
1: Our nation is confronting a whole host of issues. We are facing geopolitical issues, especially from China. Uh, we are facing economic issues, all the expenditure that has uh, been required to get us through the pandemic. There are consequences when you borrow big lumps of money and uh, that is why inflation is starting to increase. But We have to balance these things out and recognise that if we hadn't have borrowed as much as we did, there would be literally hundreds of thousands of our fellow Australians that would have been out of work as a result, couldn't have paid their mortgages, etc. So it's one of these balancing acts, but keeping uh, the debt level down as much as possible is fundamental and, if I might say quickly, Josh Frydenberg, Treasurer, has seen the biggest turnaround in our budgetary position for, since the last, I think, 70 years with a very substantial improvement in our economic well-being. That said, at the end of the day, it is the hope that lives in individual human beings that is ultimately the strength of the nation. You can have great economic strength, but if people don't have a hope and a foundation in their life, uh, that is going to impact and inflict consequences on society. And so that is where, when I see us departing from the Judeo-Christian ethic, not being taught in our schools, indeed, I... For what it's worth, I was at a pre-poll at Kingston, my home area, earlier today, and somebody was sharing with me that they were talking to a young teenager, and they made reference to Adolf Hitler, they made reference to the Holocaust, and had not been taught at school, not aware of some of these horrific uh, things in world history, and. Our history is not being taught anymore. Our Judeo-Christian ethics not being taught anymore. And I think that is where as a society we need to regroup and ensure that our heritage which is so important is taught. And as a quick aside and I'll finish the answer on this with our indigenous people we quite rightly acknowledge their heritage. Why don't we do it for our own heritage? Each other's heritages are equal, and I don't care about a person's skin colour or any other physical identifying feature. The important thing is what's in our character, what are our virtues, and that is why I would like to pay regard to our predecessors who have created a wonderful nation that's the envy of the world and what did they create it on, on the Judeo-Christian ethic.
0: As you pointed out, um, our constitution says, humbly relying on the blessings of Almighty God. And we need to sort of hold on to that. It's still embedded in our constitution. The Judeo-Christian ethic, this country was built on, as you said, and it's the, it's the fundamental cause for our prosperity. And we're basically just chopping it out of our, our schools, chopping out of the universities, chopping out of our political system. And you are dedicated to keeping it. Um, betrayal. It's been a tough time for you the last several months because you have been demoted and yet you've occupied, how many how many positions have you occupied as a minister in, in, in the in the government?
1: I'll look at quite a few in the Howard era and then a shadow ministries whilst we're out of uh, government and then again as leader of the government when Tony Abbott became prime minister. So, so quite a few ministries over the years.
0: Yeah. And, you know, what happened? Like, y- you weren't expecting that because traditionally the guy that's got the seniority A, B's got the experience. Uh, he's occupied several ministerial positions. He's been a leader of the Senate. He should be number one. What happened?
1: Well, look, uh, their internal Liberal Party matters that I don't want to canvass. Uh, Warwick, suffice to say, uh, I didn't get the numbers. and. There are people that have differing views as to why these things happened, etc. But I must say I've been hardened by the personal support that I've been receiving, and ultimately that which has occurred has occurred. But I would like to think that the values that I seek to advocate for uh, will be supported uh, come May the 21st.
0: Indeed, now, last question, what can we do to get behind you to make sure you are elected, because the, the number three position is almost um, almost impossible to get a seat from, because just the, the way the cookie crumbles, um, what can we do as people of faith to support you to get re-elected?
1: Warwick, I've got to be very careful here. The official Liberal Party line, of course, is to vote one for the Liberal Party above the line on the Senate ballot paper. Uh, Everybody gets a Senate ballot paper which has a thick black line on it. You can vote for the political parties of your choice 1 to 6 above the line or for individual candidates 1 to 12 below the line. The official Liberal Party line is that you should vote above the line 1 to 6. Now if people aren't satisfied with that they can of course vote below the line and if they were to do so, I would encourage them, of course, to uh, consider me from that perspective. But remember, you've got a number, at least 12 squares for a ballot vote.
0: Let me put it blankly, uh, you know, because I can say it, you can't because you've got to honour your um, Liberal Party colleagues. Uh, I, I was personally just devastated when I heard the news, number one, that you've been demoted from number one to number three. For me, it's outrageous. Uh, Number two, the best way, if you want to see this man back in the parliament, you have to make an effort. You have to tell your friends, everybody out there, and you have to put Eric, you have to vote below the line. Voting below the line will mean it's a lot more work. You have to do a lot more research and look at and check all the different numbers and find out who's there and who's who in the zoo. But you must, I would certainly encourage you to put um, Senator Eric Betts as number one and then work out what you want to do with everybody else, because we need to see Eric get back into that parliament. So, um, look, thank you, Eric, for talking to us today. We really appreciate your time. We honor you for your incredible, uh, amazing commitment to family, amazing commitment to all these things we've been talking about, life, marriage, faith, family, freedom. And we just want to say thank you for talking to us today, and we're praying for you in every way and we will continue to pray for you and love to come on one of our prayer calls um i think you are booked in already is it for monday night
1: i think it might be friday evening it might this
0: sorry this friday evening yes so you'll be talking to us this friday evening all the best god bless
1: thanks a lot for the opportunity warwick
0: Authorised by Warwick Marsh, 18227 Corda Road, Mount Kembla, New South Wales 2526.